check us out to hear the latest on life in the volunteer state. Yvonka and her guests discuss everything from life, love, and business with a Tennessee flair. It's a Tennessee thing. Always relatable, always relevant, and always a good time. This is Talking Tennessee, and now your host, Yvonka. Welcome back to Talking Tennessee with Yvonka. I'm your host, and I am here with a special young lady. Her name is Lauren Ward, and oh my goodness, I am so happy to interview you. Welcome to my studio. Hi, it's um, it's good to be here. That's good. <laughs> if y'all can always see her, she is gorgeous. Gorgeous, okay, inside and out. You know what? Tell the, everybody your, your name, where you go to school, how old you are. Give them a little background about you. Um, my name is Lauren Ward, and um, I'm a junior at William Blunt High School. Um, I'm 16, but I'll be 17 in a month, and uh, I'm a big theater kid. <laughs> yes! When is your birthday? Um, May 15th. May 15th. And you you love theater. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> do you want to do something in theater when you go to college and, you know, grow up? Do you know what you want to be? Um, I... I might dabble in it in like community theater when I'm in college, but yes. for a career, I think I'll go more toward journalism. I like really? writing. Really, <laughs> that's awesome. That is really awesome. Okay, viewers, let me just tell you, this is an interview that is very dear to my heart. Uh, she is the very first minor I've ever interviewed. Uh, normally. I don't bring minors on, but this story just touches my heart. Elizabeth Ward is her mother, and we have a two-part series that you can download um, of her interview. This is her daughter, and she is telling her side of the story. This is the story of the sunshine behind the cloud. This is the girl that wrote the essay about our story. Let's get into the interview. All right. <laughs> what made you write this essay? Um, so my English teacher, um, I've had her all this semester and last semester. Um, she told us to do a personal narrative. And um, I don't know, I felt like I could really get creative with this one because normally there's a rubric on certain criteria that you got to meet. And mm -hmm. this one... I don't know, she wanted something really personal, and I felt, I don't know, I just felt it on my heart to really write about my story. I felt like I could really let it flow onto the yeah. paper. <laughs> and nobody can tell your story but you. Exactly. Yeah. I love the title of it. Thank you. The Sunshine Behind the Cloud. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a background uh, on Lauren's story. Lauren is uh, the child of Mike and... Is it Mike or Michael? Oh, people can call him Mike, but okay. yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Mike and Elizabeth Ward. And like I said, um, I interviewed her mom. She told her story. She told about being a stay-at-home mom uh, that had to figure out a lot of things very quickly because life, the gravity of life, and people's decisions Sometimes you can make good decisions, Mike made bad decisions, and it affected his family. Um, let me say, 
um, Elizabeth wants me to make sure um, to not paint him out to be a bad person. Uh, I respect her for that. You know, true forgiveness starts with you and what you need um, in your heart. And Elizabeth made a point uh, to say she didn't want to paint your dad as a bad person. She said he's a person that made a mistake, but he's a good man. Yeah. You know, and I, I really respect that, Lauren. You may not understand it now, but later on you will. How powerful that is, because a lot of women, what your mom went through, would be very scorned and would want to down the husband, the father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but your mom repeatedly um, said in her interview, she said, "I don't want. I'm not here to down him." She said he just made a mistake, uh, a mistake he's having to pay for. Um, we're the aftermath of what we're having to deal with, but he's still a good man. How often do you talk to your dad? Um, I talk to him about once a week, uh, sometimes twice if I tell him one thing and he wants to check in on how it was afterward or something, if there's an event. Okay. But, um, yeah, and they're about like 15 minute conversations because there's like a lot of time on there, so it'll hang up by itself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you talk to him once a week. Uh, for the viewers that are coming on, I will tell you this. Um, tell me this the, your initial reaction to your dad leaving the home when, before he got in trouble. Let's go back to that. Tell me about. What was your initial reaction when you left? All right. Um, well, I was about 10 years old when it happened. So I was I was in fifth grade. I was getting ready to go into middle school, and, you know, it's a big deal for a kid. And um, It is. You know, when it first happened, I don't even think I had time to make a reaction for myself. I was kind of confused because I didn't know the whole story yet. Uh-huh. And um, all I... I think I just kind of remember my mom going to her room and uh-huh. going on the phone and just kind of breaking down, and then okay. that's kind of the start of a whole other chapter of life. So you were 10 years old, your dad left the home, mm-hmm. you were in shock, basically. Yeah. It was a sh- that sh- the, the initial shock of what is really happening. Right. Uh, so your mom went to her room. You heard her on the phone. Your essay talks about the phone conversations, mm-hmm. um, that things that you overheard and different conversations and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the initial reaction of, oh my gosh, is this really happening? Where did you go from there? Uh, immediately, it kind of, there was like a survival mode. Um, that's kind of what my therapist had called it. Um, you know, my mom was the only other person in the house, and, you know, if my mom can't even take care of me, I kind of had to take care of myself, so I kind of turned into my own mom to take care of her for a bit. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. How did how did you feel about that? Um, at first, I didn't really think twice about it. I uh-huh. just kind of went about my day, and, yes. you know, I wasn't really expecting on having to take care of my mom, but right. if, if that's something I had to do to get through the day, to get through school, then I would do it, but it kind of made my emotions go numb for a while. I can understand that. I can understand that. So, did you feel, did you ever feel, you know, I know you probably felt let down of what was going on, mm-hmm. but did you, 
go through the anger of it of it all, or did you just totally go numb, or both? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of both. Because um, some of it was... You were 10 years old. Right, yeah, because some of it was shock, and I was confused. I was, I, I was just like, what is going on? <laughs> and another part of it was when I actually had a minute, like, at least a minute to just think about what was going on and how I felt about it. Um, I kind of bottled it up a lot, because, you know, I didn't want to feel any emotion if... You know, if I knew my mom was breaking down, I didn't want to feel like she didn't have anybody stronger to help comfort, you know? Right. And, um, but if I were to be upset, I mostly just wrote it and journaled. Right. So, when you, so when you journaled, did you, did you ever talk to your mom or what, about what you were going through at the beginning, or did you just go in the survival mode of just taking care of your mom and just staying silent and just... Um, at first, I think I tried to open up to her just to test the waters, but um, I think after I kind of figured out that it was mostly her needing the help, that I uh-huh. felt like she needed it more than I did, Right. I just kind of did what I could to help her. Okay, yeah. so help her run the house... Did you do the cleaning and the cooking and the, that type thing? Kind of, yeah. Yes. I, I can understand that. I yeah. mean, there's time. So what did you, with your mom, did, uh, okay, this was the first time he left. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, how long was he gone? Do you remember how long he was gone uh, the first time? For about four months. Yeah. About <laughs> four months. Okay. And so when he came back, was you excited? That he was back? Um, <laughs> Be honest. Yeah. I, <laughs> being a naive 10-year-old, probably, yes. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I think I distinctly remember myself asking, hey, are you going to be here forever? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. you want your family to stay yeah. together. That's what anybody would want. Yeah, anybody would. And so when you realize, okay, after the four months and he left again. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, well, well, he came back, and then he left again. Yeah. Um, how did that affect you? Um, I think there was some frustration. I remember, like, so I can't even remember how many times he's actually left in general because he was back and forth a lot. I'd say he's left about about four or five times. Okay. <laughs> um, and every time, right before, he would, like, Take me just to the side and like sit me down and say, "Hey, I'm about to leave again." Yes. And uh, you would know, he tell you why? He would kind of say, "You know, Daddy's just trying to figure some stuff out. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if I'll be back again. You know, but okay. we'll still hang out and stuff, and you know, I'll try to make it the best I can." And I would just kind of sit there in silence because I don't know how to respond to that. He, I've always looked at him as you know my best friend, and so yes. I was frustrated. And I can only imagine what my mom was thinking. So the was she a daddy's time, girl? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Big time. Okay. <laughs> Did yeah. like everything together. <laughs> Got you. So your life was turned upside down. Yeah. You felt like your best friend. You were losing your best friend. Yeah. And I was reading in your essay. You were talking about that you and your mom. Y'all looked at y'all's family like the perfect Leave It to Beaver family. Mm-hmm. You know. And then, so I can imagine what that initial shock was, the first time he left. Yeah. Um, so give me a little background about you, your essay when you were talking about the McDonald's 
Yeah, um, that was when, you know, the times that he would be gone, um, he would pick me up from the middle school, and I'd just kind of talk to him about my day leisurely. Yes. And, you know, we'd sit at the McDonald's that had just opened up at that time. Yes. And, you know, we would sit there, and I'd talk to him, and if there was a silence there for a bit, he would just kind of look out the window. Like, uh-huh. um, my mom has this distinct memory of him. It's almost like a PTSD kind of moment. Yes. Where, uh, you know, anytime he would look out the window, he would just look antsy, because he's always been known to just want to go somewhere. He didn't yes. want to relax. And so I would see that same moment in McDonald's, but it would kind of be like the opposite. Like, he would want to come back home, but I don't think... You could tell he he was fighting. Yeah. Part of him wanted to come back home. The other part was fighting to be out of the home. Right. So, did you ever ask, how did you find out why he was out of the home? Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was kind of my mom's bad. She didn't mean to, it's because, okay. again, me having to be an automatic mother, yes. I was kind of also there for her to be the one to be vented to. Yes, and so and it happens a lot. Right, and so there were times, you know, I would come home from being with him, and she would ask me a lot of questions, like, how how was he emotionally? Did he look okay? Did it seem like he missed me? That type yes. of stuff. And it's not like, I, I knew that it wasn't mm-hmm. out of anything rash or bad. It was just because... She wanted to know. She was broken. Yeah, yes. It's just love of her life. I don't blame her. And, you know, there were times she would be frustrated. She's like, well, I hope he's upset because, you know, he's out there with some bar fly that... Barfly. <laughs> I love that. He cheated. I mean, she was like, you know, he cheated on me with some some other woman, and she's not near as beautiful as I am or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you would sit there and say, and, you'd be and like, I was yeah. like, <laughs> you're like, what, what do you say? You know? I mean, I believe that, absolutely. There's nobody like my mother. You know, she's this complete, she's this woman of class. She's raised me to be... You know, somebody wow. that can have fun but doesn't need to be drunk to do it, you know? That's awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a good statement. Yeah. Did y'all hear that? <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> you don't need to be drunk. You don't have to have sex. You don't have to do drugs to have a good time. There you go. <laughs> and you learned that from your mom. Yes. That's Absolutely. good. That is good. So you talked about that and you said that most kids... When, when they get to the darkness, speak about that when you were talking about most teens, you know, what they turn to. What made you turn to Christ? Um, and sometimes, sometimes I'm amazed at myself when I think back that I didn't jump onto anything else. Like, I never, it's weird just to actually be able to say I've never had suicidal thoughts. I've never thought twice to cut myself. Like, I don't know, like, I've just, I've been raised in such a, good godly household and my grandparents have such a big impact and influence in me and it just really stuck with me I just I genuinely I have that faith and the belief that God wants only good for my life and he loves me so much that's awesome you know the Bible says train them up train a child up mm-hmm. and you're speaking exactly what the scripture says you're basically saying your mother and her surroundings, mm-hmm. surroundings is your grandparents, mm-hmm. different people that, you know, nurtured you and 
directed you to God, mm -hmm. okay? And I talk about that a lot of times because I said, you know, kids go through a lot nowadays, and you spoke about suicide. Mm -hmm. You said you never had that thought. Mm -hmm. And there's so many kids out here nowadays that do have that thought. And um, I sympathize uh, and I have compassion uh, for the parents and, and the child. Um, but I do think that you have to raise them up in a household that a kid knows who God is. Mm -hmm. uh, because I think that's what strengthens them. Because suicide is not of God. It's really not. Mm -hmm. And But you're saying, okay, my parents directed me to God. And I think that's the re reason why you didn't have those thoughts. Mm -hmm. You know, um, tell me about... You know the darkness did you ever question God why are you going through this and I served you right um a lot of the time <laughs> if there's a time I'd be so frustrated I might have like I would tend to ask myself why a lot yes but um I think doubting him I always felt would be such a big question like I always felt like that was such a god-sized question as to doubt why this and not that sort of thing mm -hmm. that I just I never really bothered because I think it's just too mind-boggling to really think mm -hmm. why he would want to do all this but I always knew that it was for my best interest yes yeah yes. <laughs> I have a uh, aunt uh, that her name is Margie Moore um, and she taught me this um, we were talking to her one day stand up for house and she said to me that when her son passed um, that she's always lived for the Lord and she questioned God God why would you take my son and she said that we were because we were always raised you never question God um, but she taught me this that that's a bad way of thinking because if you never question God how are you going to get an answer mm -hmm. you know uh, if you never say God you know I need Understanding, I need to gain understanding, you know, and with a humble heart. You ask God a question with a humble heart. And she taught me that. And so that's why I'm asking you that question because I'm like, I know that when I was going through it with David and my parents passing and different things like that, I, you know, that I shared with you that, you know, I, I was angry at God. God, you, I asked you to save my parents and give me a miracle. Well, what God showed me after I had to pray for those 30 people I told you about in the um, hospital, what he showed me was he did give me that miracle. Mm -hmm. He just didn't give me the miracle on earth. He brought them home to heaven to correct. You know, my mom had cancer uh, and my dad's kidneys shut down. Um, so he restored them. He gave the miracle. He just didn't give it on earth. So what he taught me was is that when I how to pray and I prayed I prayed for the miracle for David I said God I need this miracle on earth mm -hmm. you know so if I would have never had that anger never had that question I wouldn't have the relationship I have now so don't feel bad when you have those thoughts of you know well, God why is this happening you know because he'll give you understanding right and that's why I'm asking um tell me this so what was the hardest part of your mom and dad's separated, your dad coming in and out of the home, 
at different times. What do you think the hardest part was? Um, I think the hardest part, <laughs> probably just watching my parents being broken, because mm -hmm. they were both broken for the same reasons, but just like watching them separately and just kind of being in the middle of mm -hmm. it and yes. not being able to really do anything. Like I, I could do my best to help heal. <laughs> right. I would try to help my mom, but that's only with time. Did your dad ever discuss it with you? Not really. Um, he was mainly more concerned about how I felt about all of it uh -huh. and checking in and stuff. And you know, I didn't really know how to answer. <laughs> you, so when you, so he would ask you how you were feeling. And basically, he would shut down, basically, not really talk about, mm -hmm. you know, it with you directly. Um, so, did you feel like, you know, sometimes you wanted to say, Dad, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. You know, that type of thing? Yeah. Because um, this was during when I was in middle school, and I was still, like, getting accustomed to, like, what kind of lifestyle that is. Yes. Because I never thought in a million years, like, my parents were like best friends and like I don't know they were like the original like goals <laughs> you know yes, what I mean yes. <laughs> they were they were original couple goals for me and like oh my gosh they they were cool people and so it was just weird to think that something like this would ever even happen and so right. I think just being a kid was just weird to even fathom did that. you ever meet the other person I no, I have not. Um, okay. I only just That's recently. A good thing. Yeah, I've only just recently seen a picture of her because I just wanted to know because it's been you know we're going on seven years. Yes. Golly. <laughs> and your, so your mom protected you. Didn't want you to see that. No. Um. She she blocked her on Facebook for me That's on awesome. my privacy settings, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah. because you don't want. Um, I tell people when it comes to a relationship that's between parents mm -hmm. um, and I'm glad to hear that she she did that because a lot of times um, when you're hurting um, parents don't have that judgment right they share maybe too much mm -hmm. you know not because okay it's just hey let me just tell my kid everything it's more of I'm hurting and I need somebody to meet to, yeah. and not using great judgment. So I'm glad that you didn't. Um, how did you tell the viewers when your mom got the call that your dad had robbed a bank? Tell the viewers that day. Oh, um, so my mom had gotten the call one night and uh, her and I were just talking normally, and she had gotten the call, and she went outside to talk on the phone, and I don't know how I already knew that something not good was going on when she got it, but uh, I think I ended up going to bed before she got off the phone, because it was kind of late, and I had to go to school the next morning, and my mom texted me at school, and she was like, hey, um, I'm gonna pick you up uh, from school, and I was like, all right, uh, so I don't have to take the bus, so that's a bonus. Yes, yes. <laughs> <That's> nice. <laughs> and so she brought me home, and she sat me on the couch <laughs> and said, uh, your father is in jail. <laughs> and 
And um, did she tell you why he was in jail? Yeah. Then she proceeded to tell me um, he robbed a bank okay. in Knoxville or in Powell, and uh, I just started bawling. <laughs> oh, man. And um, first time I actually saw or like you know when people say the room was spinning, I actually saw that happen, and yes, it, it was overwhelming. I bet. <laughs> Not I lie. bet. Did you um, have to go through the aftermath of sitting on TV? Did you have to go through any of that? Um, I don't think they brought What was your experience? I, I think maybe my first thing to do was just to maybe search it online because I was just curious. Yes. Um, I know I've done that a little bit more recently just out of curiosity, uh-huh. but um, I've never seen like a mugshot or anything. Um, okay. But... Because his, I mean, it's it's a big robbery, which yes. that's not normally something that they'll put on national television. And when yes. they put it online, it's kind of brief. Yes. Uh, but it, because it was a local. So you wanted to know. Yeah. And you've looked. Mm-hmm. Okay, guys, tune in to next Thursday with Lauren Ward, the comeback kid from the comeback family that had a story It was a tragedy until she turned to Christ. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Talkin' Tennessee with Yavanka. Watch out for our weekly episodes from the First Family of Real Estate. And check us out on the web, www.yavankasalsrealestate.com. See our videos on Yavanka's YouTube channel or find us on Facebook under Yavanka Landis and Twitter at Yavanka Landis. And don't forget to tell a friend about us. Until next time, Yavanka signing off.